art thou become like unto us. Thy pomp is brought down to the grave, and the noise of thy vows. The worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend unto heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. And I will ascend above. A lot of eyes in there, folks. The heights of the cloud. We go to speaking, a whole lot of eyes might tell us who we're acting like. And I will be like the most. I'm going to be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. And they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shape kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness, and destroyed the cities thereof, and that opened not the houses of his prisoners. All the kings of the nation, even all of them, lie in glory, every one in his own house. But thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch, and as the raiment of those that are slain. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we ask this morning that you do the teaching this morning. You do the preaching this morning. We ask, Lord, this morning that you open the eyes, the understanding, and the hearts. Hallelujah. My God, that we would have direct understanding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, anoint this congregation and thy servant both the speaker and the hearer in Jesus' name. Praise God. You may be seated. Now, the verse that has got a hold on me this morning is the 16th verse. They that See thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms? How <clears throat> we would like this morning to act like Satan don't have any power. But to act like Satan don't have any power is to be entirely stupid this morning. For if he didn't have any power, the house of God would be filled to overflowing capacity this morning. And many of these we've seen that have went backwards upon the things God has given them would still be with us today if he didn't have any power. Amen. 
They would not be bombing the city of Beirut, Lebanon if Satan didn't have any power this morning. I believe that all of man's destruction is from hell this morning. It has put it in the heart of man. Now whether you want to admit it or not, the Middle East is a holy war. Saudi Arabia, the leader of Saudi Arabia said, we have declared holy war on Israel. And Saudi Arabia is pumping finances into the PLO and all of that stuff over there is a war of Abraham's children. And it's a holy war. Really, it's an unholy war because it was all started from the devil in the beginning. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but I'm going to bring some things down to you and me today. Praise God. We're living this morning in a world with seemingly no absolutes. About the time that you think something is absolutely sin, you find out it's absolutely all right to do. Praise God. Now, I preached a sermon about a year ago. Might ought to preach it again in some places. I preached a sermon about a year ago called Convicted. I'm going to tell you this morning that if you do not have some genuine convictions from God, <clears throat> I said from God, you will never have any genuine absolutes. Somebody will twist you and turn you and you will be like a ship without a rudder. A ship without a rudder has no way of direction. For it is the rudder such a small thing and it is. I have a boat at home that's over 14 feet long, can carry 600 and some pounds in it, just a regular fishing boat. But the rudder, which is about that wide and about that long, turns that boat. It can turn that boat so sharp at full engine, it can almost turn it over. Such a small thing, but such a very important thing. I'm here to tell you this morning that the convictions in our lives are very, very important this morning. Hallelujah. They are the difference of you living for God and you being a reprobate this morning. They are the difference of you going to heaven and going to hell this morning. Amen. And I don't care what this modern theological world preaches this morning. There is a hell. And there is no preacher that ever preached on hell more than Jesus Christ. And the reason why he did, I'll give you a little preview of the sermon to come, 
is because he was God manifested in the flesh and he knew what he started from the beginning. That's why he could preach hell so hot and so real. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's as real of a hell to go to this morning as there is a heaven to go to this morning. And I'm going to tell you, everybody is not going to heaven. I don't care what they say at the funeral home. I ain't seen nobody preached into hell in 20 years. I haven't even preached none in myself, and I preached several funerals. I didn't preach them into heaven either. Amen. I have preached some into heaven, some that I know that win. Hallelujah. Praise God. You say, where do you get that? The keys are handed down. That's just an ignorance on your part of not knowing nothing about the keys to the kingdom of heaven and hell. Hallelujah. Praise God. But I'm going to tell you this morning, whether they're preaching people into hell or not, they're going there. I told Brother Carricker that I believe that if some people could come back and preach to their relatives 15 minutes after they've been dead, It'd be one of the greatest sermons. And he said, no, I don't believe it, Brother L. I said, yeah. I said, you've never looked into the eyes of a man that's been to hell and back. They don't look the same. Amen. A man that's been to hell, you can tell he's not just putting on. I'm going to tell you this morning, there is a literal burning hell but the most glorious thing is is there's a real live heaven this morning and I'm on my way to heaven you say how do you know preacher because I fully have obeyed this book not what I thought I should but what it said I should and I believe this morning if you want to go to heaven you're going to do what it said because Jesus said not one jot or tittle shall be excluded from this book. Praise God. Now when you begin to look at this verse it said the whole earth is at rest and is quiet and they break into singing. When God created this world, he created something that was beautiful. It was so beautiful that the Bible said it was all good and he rests from his labors. But I want you to know that when you read the ninth verse, that hell was not pleased about that and it said hell was moved from beneath now Satan had already been cast down and some folks thinks into the depths of the earth but I don't believe that I believe that he was made just like the Bible said 
a little lower than the other angels, the holy angels. And so therefore, him and his demonic spirit is in the air today, known us to us this day as the first heaven, which you and I live in this morning. And they are here on the earth with us. And they are them little voices that sometimes we call our conscience uh, that is causing us and leading us and making us think that evil is all right. Well, it's called your personality. It's called your subconscious. It's called your conscience. But it, the old dumb Indian was smarter than all of us educated fools. He knew that it wasn't just a conscience, but that there was an evil spirit and there was a good spirit. Hallelujah. And it was according to which one you yield your members to as to which one you were of the evil or of the good. Somebody said, man, this has taken us back years and years and years. Who do you think you are that you've educated yourself out of it? That's what the psychiatrists think. And yet they're the ones that's destroyed by it the most. I'm going to say it again. Psychiatry has a 50% of suicide among it. You know why? When a psychiatrist finds out that he's a fool and been deceived, and you will find out when you get my age, uh, you can fool yourself uh, when you're 17. Uh, you can fool yourself when you're 21. Uh, you can fool yourself when you're 29. But when you hit 42, you start looking at it like it is. Hallelujah. I want you to know, I went to my family reunion a week ago today. First one I've been in in 25 or 6 years. I went to see my cousin. Blow my mind, I found out she's 46. I said, where's Rosemary? Oh, she's not here. How old is Rosemary now? 49. You know, I never felt old. Till I went to that family reunion. I mean cousins running all over. I didn't know whose kid they was. I mean when I left and come out here to Kansas. Some of them youngins was that tall. But now they're married and got youngins that tall. What are you saying, Brother Elder? The Bible said that life is just a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. Some of you young people think you're going to live forever, but that's another trick of the devil. Oh, I'll serve God when I get older. No, you won't. You'll be so messed up in your mind by Satan, you won't know how to find God. Hallelujah. You better serve God in your youth while you've got a chance. And this generation is even different than yesterday's generation because this generation is the generation that's going to see the coming of the Son of Man. So that means you don't have any time to fool around. My daddy said, Hogwash. I've heard that stuff for years. I said, You old fool. 
I said, I've heard you preach the gospel. I said, the Bible said, this generation. I said, Daddy, what generation is it? He hung his head. He knew I had him cornered. going to tell you something. You better serve God. If you intend to get to heaven, you better serve God now more than you ever dreamed you could serve God. I'm telling you for real this morning, real hailstones, 100 pounds are coming out of heaven. Real water is going to turn to blood. Real people are going to have bells break out from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, and it's soon to happen. I mean, God's mad at this world because they take his holy things and made them unholy. You can run around and holler the love of God all you want to. I'm going to tell you some of these fools running around hollering the love of Jesus Christ, God hates them. They have taken his sacred things and made them unholy. Oh, God, somehow or another this morning, help us to realize what the devil is doing to this people. Amen, 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 amen. And I have come this morning trying to show you. I believe this morning that if you could see the devil, that he ain't nothing but a puny little runt. He ain't nothing but an ugly little creature. And you know what his greatest weapon is? A lion tongue. You don't have to do that to be saved. That's one of his favorite sayings. You don't have to do that to be saved when the Bible says you do. This is the word of God. You better pay attention to this more than you do your mother. You better pay attention to this more than you do your father, your grandpa, or your false preacher. Hallelujah. I want you to know the heavens are going to pass away. The earth are going to pass away, but this ain't never going to be moved. When it's all done and the earth is licked up in fire and brimstone and the heavens are moved away into eternity, the Word of God is still going to be standing. Hallelujah. Somebody said, I can't get people out to church on Sunday night. I'm talking about the denominal church world now. It ain't no wonder. Jesus wasn't born of a virgin birth as far as they're concerned. The word of God's not infallible as far as they're concerned. And that's just a little bit of what I could start on. And when they get through with it, why go to church anyhow? I don't even know if there's a God or not when they get through with it. It's not the divine inspired word of God. Jesus Christ was a bastard son. Who wants to go to a church like that? No way. No way. I believe uh, he was born the Lord God from heaven uh, of a virgin. Hallelujah. I believe that Bible is the inspired word of God. Hallelujah. 
going to hide it in my heart. Why, David? That I might not sin against God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we got a lot of tricky dickies running around anymore. Oh, you don't have to do that to be saved. And they don't even know the Bible. They, they can't even tell you whether it was Noah that built the ark or Moses that built the ark. Tell them turn to Ephesians so-and-so. Uh, uh, is that in the New Testament or the Old Testament? But they can run around and tell you what you got to do to go to heaven and what you don't have to do. They don't even know where the books in the Bible are. My God, some folks are crazy. I got on an airplane and the pilot got on the PA system and said, now folks, we're looking around up here for the throttle and just as soon as we find it, we're going to prepare to take off. i tell you what I'd be preparing to do. Get off. But they some folks don't care who's driving their machine. Amen. I'm telling you something this morning. You better get something down in your gizzard that you pick you out a man of God that knows what he's saying and says what the Bible says and preaching you into heaven not at your liking but at your cost. Hallelujah. You can't be saved without preaching. I prove it by the Bible, first chapter of Corinthians. How can you be saved without a preacher? Hallelujah. It takes preaching to save you. It took preaching from Jesus Christ to save the apostles. It took preaching from the apostles, hallelujah, to save, oh, Cornelius. Amen. It took preaching from the apostles to save the apostle Paul, writer over half the New Testament. It took preaching, hallelujah, to save every man that you ever heard of, uh, and there's no way you're going to be saved without preaching. It took preaching to save me. It takes preaching to save you. Uh, why? Uh, for you are washed uh, by the word of God. Uh, you're cleansed and made clean. Hallelujah. Thank God I've been begotten by the word. Some folks go begotten by a prayer language. Prayer language. This Holy Ghost ain't no prayer language. This Holy Ghost is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I ain't getting no charismatic spirit on me this morning. I'm going to tell you something. I've got my eyes fixed on glory this morning. I've got my heart fixed in the Word of God this morning. And there's not one thing going to make me step this way or that way. You say that's awful strong talk. No, no, no. I'm not boasting of myself, but of the Holy Ghost 
grace that's in me, of the grace of God that's been shed upon me, of the word of God that's fixed in my heart this morning. In myself I'm nothing, but with Christ Jesus I can do all things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where are you at, Brother Elder? We're over here talking about Satan. How he did weaken the nations. Don't you know? Turn that air conditioning up some. I'm dying. Down or something. Make it colder in here. Hallelujah. Don't you know there are going to be a lot of mayors of cities when they get to hell going to feel stupid? Because they listen to this line, dude. Don't you know there's going to be a lot of presidents and kings when they get to hell going to feel bad because they listen to this line, dude? I met a backslidden boy out of this church this week. I said, out of this church. Went in Tuesday. The only dad's in town. Get some gasoline. Here he come walking up. Ain't a dime's worth sorrow in him. He don't feel dimes worth bad about his backslidden condition. But he wanted me to know one thing. That since he got away from this church, he's going to be rich. Pulled out of there in a car. Sound like a tin can. That eats more gas than he makes money. I tell you the truth. What are you saying, brother? I'm saying the devil will lie to you and make you believe a lie. And make you think something. Turn you over to a reprobate mind. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. I am rich this morning. That boy did never ever realize that when he was sitting on a pew in this church, it was the richest he'd ever been in his life. Had he have stayed true to God, he had a mansion made out of gold. I don't care what kind of money he makes here on earth, he'll never build one of them. And my God, I mean to tell you, that Brother Muncie preaching on, <laughs> oh, I had him preaching in the car this week <laughs> on the things that God did and why. And he got to preaching on them mansions. <laughs> and I about ate the stern wheel out of the car. <laughs> oh, I got so tore up <laughs> talking about my mansion being 125 miles square. He got it out of the book of Revelations. <laughs> he was using the word of God to back up his preaching. <laughs> At my mansion, my mansion. You're soon to be 125 miles square. How in the world do you think you're ever going to build something like that down on this earth made out of solid gold? You're looking at a rich man this morning. I mean to tell you, it pays to serve Jesus. It don't cost. Hallelujah. Your old earthly temporal things. My God, some of you need to get a little older so you can wake up and find out that it ain't going to last you long enough to get happy about it. I've rode in Cadillacs. Yeah, they ride. 
a lot different than what these little four-wheel drive things do. I mean, I got a Volkswagen at home. You turn the stern wheel a little bit and you're going like this, trying to straighten it all up on that short wheelbase. Amen. And you could take that Cadillac and just barely touch the wheel. Can't hardly feel the movements. But I'm going to tell you something, honey. I found out a Volkswagen gets you there just like Cadillac. Fact is, I was blowing down the road the other day, and I said, blowing down the road. And a Volkswagen passed me up. I said, look at that, wife. Volkswagen passed me up. That makes me mad. A Volkswagen passed me up. Hallelujah. Praise God. But I'm going to tell you something. That there car don't make you rich or poor. And I'm going to tell you something else. If you think it's such a good car, drive it for about 20 years and tell me. I got rid of a Chrysler just about nine months ago. Why'd you get rid of it for, Brother Elder? Well, the first thing I had to do was rebuild the starter. When I have to start rebuilding them big machines, that's when they go. Because the starter on that thing costs $90. And it's a whole lot easier to rent one than it is to repair one. Amen. What are you talking about, Brother Elder? Just keep it and see how nice it is. It'll get to where it'll make you pray through. When I bought this car, I didn't know it had a computerized carburetor on. Boy, I don't know why I don't know these things. From now on, I'm going to learn to get my head under the hood and look all over the place. But you can't buy a Chrysler car anymore without getting a computerized carburetor. You know what? I took it down to the best mechanic in this town right before I pulled out for Indiana, which is down there at that Conoco. That guy really knows electronic ignitions. And he said... I imagine we can fix it for you. And I pulled up the hood and he seen that computerized carburetor and he said, you'll have to take it to Chrysler. Yeah, you like one of them cars, huh? Take that thing to Chrysler, it's $250 for a tune-up. I'm going to tell you something. It'll make you do more praying than it'll do anything. It'll keep you broke, honey. I'm going to tell you something. Cars ain't the answer. Houses ain't the answer. I've been in the doctor's home. I've sit on chairs that I was afraid to sit on because they cost so much money. I mean, I was afraid I might put a scratch on it. I was afraid while I was sitting on that expensive thing, maybe a button would fall out of it or something, and I'd be the reason. And I tell you what, I've come to some of you little folks' homes before you got the Holy Ghost and I sit in your chair that when I got up and walked out of the house half of the cotton in your chair walked out with me. (laughs) 
What are you talking about, Brother Eller? I've been in the poor man's hut, and I've been in the rich man's hut. Uh, and if it's here on earth, uh, then somewhere I missed it. Uh, but I'm here to tell you that you're listening to a lying devil because it's not in this earth. Uh, you can't find it in this earth. Uh, it's gone outside of this world. You search for a young man. Go ahead. Waste your substance. Go ahead. Tear your mind apart. Go ahead. Break your back down. Go ahead. Do all you want to. But in this world, you ain't never going to find it. Hallelujah. But the devil come along. Tell you. It's in riches of this world. Amen. Amen. You say, is this sin to be rich, Brother Elder? Maybe. Maybe. That depends on the man. Amen. Some men can have money and serve God. Other men can't. Amen. It ain't a sin to be rich, but it's a sin to love the money more than you love God. It's a sin to let the money lead you away from God. Yeah. Whenever your money starts keeping you out of church, it's time to get rid of it. Whenever your money makes you come to church and just act like you're intelligent and you can't worship God in the freedom of the Holy Ghost, it's time to get rid of it. Amen. But if you can have it and run the aisles and shout, and dance in tongues uh, hallelujah then you can keep it uh, hallelujah if you can stay humble with it uh, then you can keep it uh, if you can live for God uh, and not be a show off then you can keep it but if you can't get rid of it your soul is more important than all your money hey man I'm going to tell you the devil's devices you see, a devil's a puny little old thing, but he's powerful. His most powerful thing is lies, but he has power. He lies to presidents. You know what wars are all about? I'm going to tell you what wars are all about. Wars is all over diamonds. Wars is all over gold. Wars is all over iron ore. Wars is all over, uh, what's this stuff that makes these submarines go? Uranium. Wars is all over oil. What are you talking about, Brother Elder? Wars is all over the greed of this land. Where did the greed of this land come in? Outside of the devil. He puts it in the hearts of leadership. He puts it, to, we'll kill our young boys off if we have to, but we'll show them we'll get it. You boys in this church, you better get to living for God like you never lived for God and stay out of the army. And that's a big thing right now, Mother. Recruiting is up to full level now. Volunteer. Somebody said we ain't going to make it with a volunteer. I was flabbergasted when I found out there's not even any openings. That if you get in the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines now, you've got to be super smart with a high school education dropout. 
Well, maybe that'll help some of our boys. They won't make it because of dropouts. I sure wish though they'd get an education so they could support a wife. Amen. Dropouts. You know why I don't like dropouts? Quitter. Quitter never gets where in the kingdom of God. Quitters never win. Winners never quit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. Serve God, you got to have guts. Hallelujah. Now, when you get the Holy Ghost, I, there's three ways I could preach this this morning. And I know the way you'd like for me to preach it. You'd like for me to skin them sinners this morning. And you'd like for me to skin them denominational Christians this morning. But I come to preach to you this morning. Let me tell you, the denominational world don't have a chance to be saved because of this old boy. I don't care whether you like that or not. You ain't, I'm going to really make you mad. You ain't baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God give the utterance. You're going to split hell wide open. I ain't playing no games this morning. I'm preaching salvation this morning. You preach salvation, you're not pity-patting around. I said it takes guts to live for God. You can't be afraid of your husband and live for God. You can't be afraid of your wife and live for God. You can't be afraid of grandpa and live for God. You can't be afraid of grandma and live for God. You gotta have guts to live for God. Hallelujah. God don't want no chickens in his club. He's not raising a chicken house. Brother, I want you to know he's got something so strong that not even the gates of hell can tear it down. Whew. Devils have tried, but he laughs at them. Devils think they've got control of this world, and in our eyes they do. But when it's all said and done, the devil's going to be bound up in chains, locked up in hell, and all this followers with him, and Christ shall rule forever. Hallelujah. Some folks today think it's all in bigness. I mean, you know, if they got 10,000 doing it, then it's a, that's, that, that's got to be right because it wouldn't be so many. You better read your Bible again. It said straight is the gate, narrow is the way, and few, son, there be that find it. It ain't just straight and narrow, but few there be that find it. Well, now, I wish I could preach on this looking for it. You're going to have to look for it today. Man, you hear this and you hear that. You don't have to do that to be saved. You don't have to do this to be saved. And if you choose any one time to listen to one of them devils, it'll stray you right on down to the path of hell. I'm going to tell you. Here's one of the things the devil's done. Since Gateway, 
Watergate, not Gateway. Since Watergate, ain't nobody got any confidence in leadership. Not even preachers. You know what blows some folks' mind? I get in the car with them. Well, I know a preacher. Preachers aren't loved, especially real preachers of God. They didn't love John the Baptist that cut his head off. They didn't love Jesus that hung him on the cross. They didn't love Peter that hung him upside down. They didn't love James that cut his head off. They didn't love Paul that cut his head off. Preachers of God ain't loved. Hallelujah. I'm not preaching to make you love me this morning. I'm preaching to get you saved this morning. And they lost confidence in leadership. I like to get in there with them dudes. I know a preacher. He told me of five women in his church he's been to bed with. I said, sound just right. You believe that? Yeah, I believe it. I could call one certain religion. That's real common among them. And the Mormons can tell you any kind of lie you want to. You talk to Brother Fitzgerald. I was just with him this week. They still got more than one wife. Still do it. And it's still known among them. And a bunch of them call themselves apostles. Why don't you read that book? It said, for a bishop to be the husband of one wife. And that's not one at a time either. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's just like I said well ago. Some of you are getting your information from people that don't even know where the books in the Bible are. Hallelujah. Oh, help me this morning. But what about the church of the living God? You know what? Now, I'm going to tear you up now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you open and make you look at yourself till you don't like me for it. You know, as a lot of us was Baptists before we got saved. And I'm going to tell you what. Some of us have still got that once in grass, always in grass. Well, I can tell you somebody that came out of the Church of Christ into Pentecost so fast in all your life. Why, Brother Elder? Because you know that if a lot of people ever destroyed, it's because they did not kill all the false doctrine out of them. I can tell you what kind of church you come out of. Seven-day Adventists, hardest thing they ever have is getting over worshiping on the Sabbath. They don't even know what the Sabbath is. Sabbath ain't Saturday no more, honey. Brother, if that's all your Sabbath is, you don't have much Sabbath. Oh, don't go backing me down. Bless God. Turn your Bibles open. The book of Acts. Hallelujah. 20th chapter. Seventh verse. Praise God. I'm going to tell you Jesus picked him out 12 apostles. 
He didn't only pick him out 12 apostles, but he trained them to do what he taught. You don't believe that? Then read Acts 1 and 1. Oh, Theopolis, the former treaties have I given you of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. And what was these apostles doing? Upon what? You know, I looked at that in the, in the deal and I couldn't find it on their first day. And I said, what on earth? I know it's in the Bible. I know it says first day in the Bible, but you know something? God was much stronger than first day, honey. He said first day of the week. What did they do? They came together to break bread when the first day of the week. Where did they get it at? From Jesus Christ. And the church has been meeting on the first day of the week ever since. The church of the living God has. You can't prove it, Brother Elder. Stupidity. You know why you're so stupid? Because that old tradition of your former religion is still in you. And it ain't the Holy Ghost at all. Brother, if you're going to be saved, you're going to love the truth. Love the truth. I want you to know these people in hell feel like fools. Why is this so hard, Brother Elder? Because if you don't get it out of you, sooner or later it's going to destroy you. My God, the Holy Ghost this morning is my rest, not the Sabbath day. Jesus Christ is the one that rests me from my labors. I was weary, worn, and sad. Couldn't get rid of my wretchedness. Couldn't get rid of that that drove me night and day. But he filled me with his spirit. Woo! Is my joy, is my peace, is my rest. When I was a little boy, I grew up with black people. I slept with them. I ate with them. I drank with them. And I mean goodness too. You want to learn something about the Bible? Sit around with some of them good old black people. They used to make a statement when I was a little boy I never did understand. They said, we gather on the Lord's Day. Well, I thought every day was the Lord's Day, you know. Whew, it's getting quiet in here. I must be digging something out. Hallelujah. Lord's Day. Man, I mean, my mama taught me every day was the Lord's Day. And I got older, though, I found out something. Read, open your Bible up to Matthew, the 28th chapter and the first verse. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, we need to get past the Old Testament. There ain't no salvation for us in the Old Testament. My God, them things are already under the blood and passed on. But oh God, help me to find my place this day.
Matthew the 28th chapter and a verse, verse what's it say? Hear me now. Praise God. It said in the end of the Sabbath. In the what? End of the Sabbath. As it begins. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it, and his countenance was like the lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. What are you saying, Brother Elder? I'm saying on the first day of the week, ah, oh, my rest, he rose up out of the grave and conquered death hell in the grave and said oh dad where's your saying oh grave where's your victory it's no wonder they call it the Lord's day and you want me to go back to ordinances and go back to keeping Sabbath? on you. I done found something that's holy ghost and fire keeping me alive. Hallelujah. 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 And then I can prove to you that the church of the living God gathered on the first day of the week. 1 Corinthians 16 chapter and the seventh or the second verse. Hallelujah. He said upon the first day. No, I ain't going to start there. I'm going to start in the first verse. I'm going to prove to you we live by the Bible around here. Hallelujah. Now concerning the collection for the saints. How many of you know what that is? No, it ain't. Every time we pull this out, some of you stick your head down. You sure tell you got the Holy Ghost and fire. As long as God's blessing you, you're just thrilled to death. But if you have to give God a little back for them blessings, just irks you to death. Upon the first day, what now concerning the collection of the saints? There wasn't only one day that the saints gathered. It was also the day they took up the tithes and the offerings. I'm going to tell you something. God's house is organized. Don't blame this on the Catholics. Don't give them stupid people all that credit. I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Ghost fell on the first day of the week. Said when the day of Pentecost was fully come. You know what that means? Seven weeks of feasting. Seven times seven is 49. Right? Wait a minute. I said seven times seven is 49. You better go back to school. But when the Holy Ghost fell, what day did it fall on? Huh? The 50th day. 
That was the day of the wave offering. That was the day of Jubilee. That was the day the feast had ended and he has accepted my sacrifice. What day? The first day of the week. Why? Is that an accident? Oh no. That ain't no accident. That's exactly how God planned it when he created Adam and Eve. Isaiah 28, 11, 12. Words of stammering lips. And another tongue. Will I speak to this people? Is that what he said? Huh? Oh. For with stammering lips and another tongue, will I speak to this people? Now if Isaiah had been writing to the Jews, don't tell me I've been to Israel. I've studied Judaism for 20 years. I know how them Jews are. More than you dumb Gentiles do. Go over to Israel and find out how they really are. They was ready to throw me out of the synagogue just like they did Jesus. Because I said to them, I said... I began to talk to him about Jesus. Now I'm gonna tell you something I told I told a preacher this this week. I said, if you try to convert Jews out of the New Testament, you're stupid. You ain't never gonna reach a Jew with the New Testament. Get him out of the old book. But I want you to know I got them rabbis so mad at me when I said you tell me who in the world that guy is in Isaiah 9 6. <laughs> got him out there on the bolting board. Said that the Son, the Son was the mighty God. The Son was the everlasting Father. That's enough to make any rabbi mad. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, if Isaiah would have been preaching to just the Jews, he said, For with stammering lips and another tongue will my people. But he didn't. Somehow another Isaiah got a glimpse down through the scope of time through God Almighty as he was in the Spirit of God. And he seen the church brought in. And he said with stammering lips and another tongue, will he speak to this people? He realized they was outside the Jewish kingdom. Hallelujah. And then he goes on to say, Wherewith? This is the that's <laughs> going to cause the weary to rest. Go to church on Saturday. All you want to. It won't get rid of your sins. It won't get rid of your tradition. It won't help you a bit. But you get down and repent and be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins. And get the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. And you're going to have rest. Real rest. Whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Saturday, or Sunday. First of all, Jesus said for us not to esteem one day above another. Hallelujah. Bless God. I need Jesus tomorrow on Monday as much as I need him today on Sunday. I'm going to walk with him, honey. 
I'm going to have a wreck on Monday. Well, I'm sorry, Jesus. Can't call on you till Sunday. I ain't going to have Sunday on my mind. Help me, Lord! What are you doing? Living in my rest. Living in my comforter. Hey, your daddy died, brother elder. Going to bury him on Thursday. Nope, can't come. On day I can rest on seventh day. Uh-uh. At daddy's funeral, I got the comforter. I got the peace. I got the joy. I got the rest. It's living in here. It ain't a day in the week. It's inside of me. Leaping up with joy. Did you know what the devil does to some of you characters? He comes along after you've been baptized. You know, this is what always amazed me. Took me 20 years to get here. And some folks come in, get baptized in Jesus' name, and get the Holy Ghost. And in seven months, they can tell me everything I'm doing wrong and right. You know what's wrong with some folks? They lift it up in their flesh. And they say, God said, and God didn't do it. It's old tradition that said. And they don't know the difference between the voice of tradition and God. And the devil keeps working them with it. Brother Elder don't love you. That's why he teases like he does. That's why he preaches you. And the devil guards you with it until you're so wounded. You lose that with God. But you know what the Bible said? It said, oh, how did you weaken the nations? And you turn over to the 38th chapter of the book of Ezekiel. He said, Thou art wiser than Daniel. Wiser than Daniel. Honey, Daniel's pretty wise. Daniel prophesied 4,000 years ago that you and me would see what we're seeing happen every day. That's pretty wise. But he said he's wiser than Daniel. He knows how to get you mad at somebody in the church. He knows how you ought to turn. I wish I knew where it was. Mother, uh, you're not here. Son, I, you, you don't have big enough Bible to learn nothing out of. Son, I need to buy you a Bible. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jim, you'd never find it, but try anyhow. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now I done forgot what I was going to do. Hallelujah. Ain't you glad? Hallelujah. Praise God. It was there, Daniel. I know I was there. Satan, so wise. Oh, yeah, Jim. I know I was going to say that. Look in the Bible. It's in the book of St. John. Jesus said, offenses will come. But he said, woe unto him to whom they do come. He said, offenses will come. How do you know that, Jesus? I know that dirty snake called the devil. He said, you couldn't keep offenses out if you wanted to. Come on. Well, <laughs> it's got quiet in here. I might preach till my shirt falls all out of my pants. It ain't bothering me none. Just turn your head. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't tell you something. We better get wise to him. 
You want me to tell you what's causing a whole lot of people? I'm going to teach a Bible lesson in this church pretty soon on the priesthood. Because we have a high priest today, which is Jesus Christ. How many of you want him to sprinkle you with the blood? My God, Elder Cabinets tore me up out there the other day. I want you to know every time you're really shouting in the aisles and you're really worshiping God with all your heart and you're really worshiping God with all your mind and you're really worshiping God with all your strength, ain't nothing but the high priest up there sprinkling his blood on you, helping you to overcome sin in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. But you see, some of us need to learn that real saints go to the altar and hypocrite saints sit in the pew and act like they're saved. Ah, you saying? You know the hypocrites? Do you know Brother Kirker's smart? He finally learned through the years he'd been saved that when I'm preaching a red hot sermon and I'm praying and asking everybody to come to the altar that all the good saints will come to the altar and all the hypocrite saints will sit out here in the pew like they're more saved than all of them poor folks going down that altar. reason why you do that is because you don't understand the office of the high priest. But you see, Satan is wise. Wiser than Daniel. He make you think that you're so saved you don't need to pray. Well, I'm not about to bow down and pray in front of Brother Wagler. He's liable to think something's wrong with me. How oh, wouldn't that be smart? If I do that enough time, they're going to be more wrong with me than even Brother Wagner can get straightened out. My God, if you need help, get down here and get it. That's what the order's for. Don't be sitting back here in the pride of your life, destroying your soul. Amen. Get up here. Honey, this is, a, this is mama's breast. This is where you're going to get food. This is where you're going to find rest for your weary soul. Get up here and drink from the breast of mama. There should be no reason in the world why one saint sitting in a pew ought to not want to go to the altar. The altar is your cleansing. The altar is your saving. The altar is a place of rest and peace and joy for the soul. Learn to love that altar. You can't go to the altar. It's because you're wicked inside. Stubborn, rebellious, and full of pride. Hallelujah. I don't like that kind of preaching. I didn't ask you, did I? Praise God. Now here's a good one. Everybody turn to Luke. They call this the Lord's Prayer. But it's not the Lord's Prayer. It's the Lord's example of how we ought to pray. The Lord prayed His prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, He said, if this cup can pass for me, let it go. What, what are you talking about? Uh, death. How many of you want to die this morning? Don't raise your hand or I'll know you're stupid. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Dear little old Mother Avery, bless her heart, she's so sweet. I love to kiss on her. And she gets so embarrassed. I called her sweetheart the other day and she said, I ain't your sweetheart. Your sweetheart's standing right there. She looked up Sister Ellen and said, ain't that right? My wife said, no, honey, you're both of us a sweetheart. Hallelujah. Praise God. I won't tell you, she's a precious little old thing. But I'm going to tell you, I've been with her this year. She's trying to die, but the old flesh don't want to die. We went home to my daddy-in-law because he's supposed to be dying. Why, I got to arguing and fussing with that old man, and that flesh riled up in him, and three days he was better. That flesh don't want to die. It's just lying to you. It don't want to die. Spiritually or naturally. So I wish I could die. <laughs> you think you do. Just start dying and see how bad you want to die. While you'll start yelling, take me to the doctor. Take me to the hospital. Do something, but do it quick. You don't want to die. Your flesh don't want to die. It wants to eat ice cream this afternoon. And it ain't happy to go to the Dairy King. It wants homemade ice cream. Amen. Amen. Some of you got me turned off in preaching this morning. Because you already got your mouth on, on steak. And fried chicken. And you're more worried about me burning up your beans and what your soul's going to get this morning. You don't want to die. Ain't no use acting like you want to die. You want to live, live, live. Fact is, the world today is if it feels good, do it. Yeah, but when you get to hell, it ain't going to feel so good. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what Jesus said. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Oh, I wish I could preach on that. <laughs> I'd get so excited you couldn't stand it. Hallowed be thy name. You ever want to get God down in your midst? Just start to praise him. Just start to worship him. Just start to love him. Just start to thank him. Just start glorifying him. I mean, just do it until you're holy and the ground you're standing on is holy and everything's shaken under the power of God. Hallowed be thy name. Don't run the Jew down too bad, honey. I've been over there and watched them Hasidic Jews as they chant in the scriptures and they weave in the scripture. People say they like Jews. They ain't nothing but fools. They couldn't be like one of them. For three hours he'll chant. For four hours he'll weave. Back and forth that the sweat pours down. As his hair comes down, he chants and he prays and he weaves to God when he gets in that place of hollowing out God. And folks come to church and get a little, whoops, shundidia. <laughs> and say, boy, I got a blessing tonight. 
My God, the Jew don't even have the Holy Ghost and do better than that. Amen. Amen. Why in the world don't you get under the spout and let God baptize you in His power? Hallelujah. I laughed at Brother Jack. You ain't never shouted till you shouted 5,000 and some feet above sea level. I knew he didn't know what was going to happen. I was sitting there grinning like a turkey. Boy, I seen him. He was in that pew. Man, he was giving it to it the other night. I see him, boy, he just it. Pretty soon here he comes. That's God. He come out of it just like this. know some of you just makes you embarrassed for me to talk about it don't it you got so much Holy Ghost what in the world is your joy another hundred dollars huh huh buddy mine's in the house of God Jesus do it again. I was laying up against pew the other night. Couldn't go no more, man. I mean, I done had all I could take. I said, God, this is good. I said, if heaven's any better than this, let's get started. Hallelujah. Why, some of you could have heaven on earth if you would. But some of you'd rather worry about your bills. Some of you would rather worry about that down payment on a Cadillac that you ain't never going to own anyhow. I hope you don't get it because you'll be coming by my house. Brother Elder, can I borrow 20? I'm short on gas this week. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. What are you saying, Brother Elder? God, don't let the devil talk you out of something. After you get this, you got it. Why look for anything else? Why let some old traditions of a former religion keep bothering you? Why not get in the book and kill that devil just like I did? And here's the thing that's destroying more people. You know what Jesus said? Oh, we got excited about hallowed be thy name. But you know what he said? And he said every day, every day, every day for you to say, forgive us. Forgive me for what? I ain't done nothing. Hello? Huh? Hello? You live better than Jesus, huh? Jesus said when we pray every day for us to say, Forgive us! You know why we won't forgive us? Because we won't forgive them. He said, Forgive us! Ah! What our trespasses as we want forgive others. Brother Elder, how can you let them do you like that and not even get mad? Well, honey, it didn't just happen. I mean, I had to work at it. I mean, I used to get mad. A preacher told me something yesterday on the phone. I said, you know, I wish it was legal to shoot people like that, but I guess we just had to put up with them until God comes. Hallelujah. What are you talking about, brother? I'm telling you, you've got to forgive a whole lot of things. That's what I'm telling you. I said, you've got to forgive. Worst thing in the world happen you get bitterness in your heart. There's a lot of backsliders out there right now got bitterness in their heart. Bitterness. My God, over anything. I didn't know it till yesterday of a man that backslid in this church. He was mad at me when he left, and I didn't even know why he was mad at me. And uh, I found out yesterday he'd been backslid for, see, his church been here seven years. And I found out yesterday what he's mad about. Another brother in the church called him up and asked him to come work with me, and he probably thought I told him to go call him up. And he was mad at me over that. He, he had other things to do. I shouldn't have been acting like he didn't have nothing to do and he should have been coming and helping me. Amen. Oh, what are you saying, Brother Elder? I'm saying he is wiser than Daniel. He knows how to get your salvation. If he has to, he knows your personality. He knows your tradition. He knows everything there is about you. Amen. He sits around and listens to your conversation. One of the most stupid things saints can say is the only thing I know that would cause me to backslide. I mean to tell you, if the devil's got ears like a jackrabbit, they jump right straight up. Man, he'd been wanting to know for a long time what would cause you to backslide, and you're just about to tell him. Amen. Now he knows how to grind you every day. 
grind you every day to what did the book of Revelation say? He wore out the saints of the Most High God. Wear them down. Make them get tired. Wear down the resistance. I tried. There's some folks ain't in church this morning because the resistance are wore down. Brother Elder, I've done everything I know to do. My God, there ain't no shouting going on now. I sure hope there is tonight. What are you doing, brother? I'm trying to tell you how to outfox the old boy. I'm trying to tell you how to outfox the old boy. You ever see foxes get its prey? They do it in pairs. The devil does it in pairs. Always gets him an imp to come along with him. Oh, yeah. Did you ever notice that envy and strife goes together? Did you ever notice that jealousy and murder goes together? The devil always sends his devils out by pairs. Amen. You watch a couple old fox get their prey. One little old fox would come up here and he'd catch him a little old ferret sitting up on a rock and sit up on his hind legs and start making faces at him. Start doing all kind of little didos. Just keep that ferret's attention while the other old fox sneaks around behind him. Gets him. The other one's still sitting up there making faces at him. Just got his attention 100%. And the other one's got him by the nap the neck before he knew what happened to him. Amen. I want to tell you something. We better get where we can outfox the old fox. I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of things got our attention today shouldn't even be bothering us. I said there's a lot of things got our attention today shouldn't even be bothering us. We should have the victory over it. My God, I ain't going to go. I want to tell you, it might get to be where we can only get together on Tuesday. I mean, tell you, if it ever gets to where we can only get together once in a while, I'm going to worship God then just like all I ever could. Amen. Amen. My God, we don't know what's coming. I mean, tell you, this is something that's happening. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's time you get on your knees and find out. People think the Lord going to tarry, the Lord going to tarry, the Lord going to tarry, the Lord going to tarry. What would he tarry for? All the armies encamped around Israel. Russia's armies in Syria. Iran's armies in Syria. Uh, Libya's ready. And Egypt's posed. Uh, Saudi Arabia's being prepared. Our army and navy sitting there. What has they got to wait on? When you see uh, Israel encamped about with armies, uh, then you know it's fruit picking time. Summer is nigh. My God, what else do you need? I mean, you don't even have to be saved today to know the Lord's coming. You just got to read what you see out of the book. And believe what you read. Hallelujah. I'm going to hit one more before I close down this morning. I bet you some of you will start close down now. I don't bet nothing. I don't bet anything. I'm going to heaven. Gamblers can't go to heaven. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Why, they'd be chipping your mansion of gold apart betting on it. Hallelujah. All right, in the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Ooh, I'm going to make somebody mad at me. I know it. Sister Ella, pray for me.
Somebody's going to get mad at me today. Praise God. That worries me to death. Somebody's going to get mad at me. Hallelujah. Well, they got mad at Jesus, didn't they? Throw rocks at him. Thank God they ain't never done that to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now they get mad at me, say, so I just ain't never going back no more. You know what happens? They don't come back. You know what happens? They don't never get rest. They don't never get rest from them weary sins driving them crazy. They don't never get no peace inside. They don't never get no joy inside because they ran from it. Amen. The old devil was smart and make him mad at the preacher. He ain't never going back there no more. Amen. In the 21st verse of the 10th chapter, and having a high priest over the house of God, would not like to preach on that this morning. I know Beck and Jim and Mom and Sister Burris heard a bunch on that this week. Hallelujah. Let us draw near with a half heart. Huh? Well, wouldn't I like to preach on that? A true heart. I've met more half hearts than I have true hearts. Amen. Let us draw near with a true heart in some assurance. You meet a lot of some assurance Christians today. Well, I think I'm saved. Well, I'm, I hope I am. At least the preacher said that I was. I'm glad I don't have that kind. Hallelujah. I know wherein is my salvation. Honey, if you're going to get what I'm preaching about this morning, it's going to be because you get up here and you talk in tongues and you talk in tongues till God talks to you and talks through you and talks in you and talks out of you and you read the Bible till you can stand there and quote it scripture after scripture until you know where the books are. I mean, when they say Genesis, you ain't looking for Revelation. And when they say Revelation, you ain't looking for Genesis. Hallelujah. I want you to know you're going to have to know this book backwards and frontwards until uh, before you can get what I got. But you can have it. It's not out of your reach. Hallelujah. I've got the full assurance this morning. What makes you so cocky? It ain't cocky, honey. It's knowing the truth. Ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. I can back it up with the book. Don't try to put me in no corner. I'll pull the book on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. What are you talking about? I got full assurance this morning. I don't think I'm saved. Bless God, I'm going to tell you something. Just as soon as I walk out of this church building this morning, I'm going to start looking for that glory cloud. <laughs> Somebody says, oh, no. We got beans and taters if you don't burn them all up. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Oh, full assurance. Of faith. Mm, I like to preach on that. Having a heart sprinkled with an evil conscience. Huh? Some folks sit in church while the preacher's preaching like this, planning on going home committing adultery. They ain't got their conscience sprinkled, do they? They're sitting around wondering how they could steal something from somebody. Hello? Sitting around saying, I can smoke another cigarette and be saved. I don't care what that preacher says. And man, I can drink all the booze I want to. He can't stop me. No, I can't stop you. But I'll tell you one thing, honey. In hell, you ain't going to have your booze. In hell, you ain't going to have your cigarettes. In hell, you ain't going to have your women. You're going to get broke from it sooner or later. It'd be better now. Amen. Heaven. What? Your heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. Our bodies washed with pure water. How many of you glad you've been baptized? Are you washed in the blood? In the soul cleansing. Some folks say, that says blood. That didn't say water. This said water. <laughs> that said blood. You know why? I finally know something. You can't separate them. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. Now let's see you separate elder from elder's blood. So if you take on my name, you took on elder blood. And when I was baptized in Jesus' name, I took on his blood. Why? Because when you're baptized in Jesus' name, it is the only baptism for remission of sin. And if you know the Old Testament sacrifice, what was it that remitted your sin but the blood of the sacrifice? And who is the sacrifice but Jesus Christ? So when I was baptized in Jesus' name, his blood was applied to me and my sins were remitted. And I've been washed in the water and the blood. Oh, help us this morning, Jesus. How many of you like this? Huh? I'll show up glad for the ones that do, and I'm going to pray for the ones that don't. Let us hold fast to the profession of other men's faith. Now, who's writing this? An apostle's writing this. So he said, let's hold fast to our faith. We're not, man, they had all kinds of religions when this was written. They had the Sadducees. They had the Pharisees. They had the Romans. Oh, how do you know, Brother Elder? Because in the book of Thessalonians, Paul said the spirit of iniquity doth already work on him who will let it work until he be taken out of the way. So the Roman doctrine was already in force, troubling the church. Even bringing persecution upon the church. Amen. But here he said, let us hold fast to our faith. Where did we get our faith? From the master, Jesus. <laughs> Don't let me. Honey, I can preach all day today. I mean, I'm so loaded, it's just running out of me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Now listen. He said, where was I at? Somebody help me. For he is faithful that promised. I wish to God people remember that. Oh, I've tried and tried and tried. You know, some folks think they're going to get the reward here on earth. My God, your reward ain't here. It's over there. I don't want mine over here. I'd hate to think this was that. Your reward's at the end, not in the middle. Hold fast. Run with patience. Run with endurance. For he that, what? Endure to the end. Somebody said, I'm already saved. You ain't. You're lying to yourself. Said he that endured to the end, the same shall be saved. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. There's some endurance in this. I mean, your wife sasses you. It's hard to keep the Holy Ghost. Amen. I notice not one man said amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, quit that fool around, preach. Huh? Okay. Let us consider one another to provoke one another unto love and to good works. Where are we going to do that? On the telephone? Well, they didn't have telephones. So where do you suppose they did it at? Huh? At the good old church house. That's where they did it at. Some, some folks said, oh, they didn't even have church houses back in them days, dummy. As you know, you know, it's a funny thing. I walk, I cup up this pulpit this morning, say something in the Greek, and you know, 15 of you walk out of here and say, you know, in the Greek, so-and-so-and-so means so-and-so-and-so. And did he go get a Greek deal and look it up and see what it said? Hello. Hello. Hey, people running all over town saying everything. Don't know where it's the truth or not. Where'd they hear? Oh, they heard it in the pulpit, but they never did check it out to see if it was the truth or not. I mean, to tell you, I preached for years. The Bible said that godly lust was next to cleanliness. And nobody ever had enough sense to tell me that it wasn't in the Bible. <coughs> one day, one dear old brother walked up to me and said, Brother Elder, said, would you tell me where that's at in the Bible? I said, as soon as I find it, I'll show it to you. I looked nearly a week, couldn't find it. I knew it was in there because I'd always heard it was in there, but it wasn't. Hallelujah. It is a good saying, but it's not Bible. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> what are you saying, Brother Elder? I'm saying this. We come to church to provoke one another to good works. You sure can't get it out there. Amen. Now, if you would look at this, he said, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance. He said, and having a high priest. Now, there was no place that you could get the blood sprinkled on you but at the altar. So you're going to have to get around the altar to get the high priest to sprinkle you. 
And I'm going to tell you this Bible means what it says and says what it means. Amen. He said, Here, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the matter of some is. And you know what? Some don't gather with us every service. And you know what? The devil said, Brother Elder, don't jump on them. Brother Elder, don't make them go to church every service. So why should I? I want you to know they ain't only disobedient to the man of God in the pulpit. They're disobedient to the scripture. I'm going to tell you this is not a please asking so, think so, could so. This is a commandment. It said that you had to repent and be baptized in Jesus name and be filled with the Holy Ghost to be saved but so do you have to go to church every church service to be saved this is a commandment read it what you're not going to get sprinkled in your bedroom some the devil is wise He'd come along and say, well, you can be saved. You don't have to go to church every church service. Oh, I wish I knew where the scripture was. It said, neglecting your salvation. What on earth do you think that God works a preacher over all day long on a church service day to feed the sheep for if you don't need to go? Huh? Huh? He's been working him over all day so you can get fed that night. But you said, no, Lord, I don't like your dinner table. I'll go out here in the garden at night and get my peace and my joy and my contentment hoeing the beans. Whew. That devil's smart. He knows if he can get you enjoying hopping church once in a while, he can get you enjoying hopping church more. And pretty soon he can get you enjoying so much out of church, you don't even see any good reason for going. He's wiser than Daniel. And your soul gets colder than a frog that's been frozen in an ice bucket. Do you ever see anything froze up? You watch, you, you watch the flies on the first good night of a frosty night. You walk out in your garage. You walk out your garage today while it's good and hot and the flies are out there. And walk up and just smack one. And he buzz right out from under your hand. But I mean on a good old frosty cold morning, the first one of the year. Man, you can just hit him. He just smacked the fire out of him. They're so cold, they don't even know they're dying. They can't move. Amen. Satan wants to get us so cold, get us so far away from the fire of God that we don't even have a route of escape. Amen. 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 Wise. He's wise. He don't do it mean. He does it nicer than the preacher. That's the reason why it feels better. That's right. Hallelujah. 
Well, I'm going to close. Aren't you glad? Maybe your beans still won't get burned. Funny thing to me, the traditional churches in town are still in church and we're wanting out. They won't get out for another 30 some minutes. We can beat them to the restaurants. Amen. Well, some of you look mad at me. Here, I ain't even been home for two weeks. I'll try to preach better tonight. Hallelujah. He said, They that shall see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man? Is this this? freaky little skinny dude that made the earth tremble and shook kingdoms. And if I had time